I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there. It's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert. Today it is going to be a you know it's going to be a weird one today. I'm just we're just let's call a spade a spade. It's going to be a weird one today. Uh, uh, <laughs> Commander Scott's not here, so once again the kids are unsupervised, uh, and and uh, the doc has come up with a an out there kind of concept because uh, it's kind of open to interpretation a bit. But we're going to get we're going to weird with it today. Basically, we're we're going to seriously overthink. Movies that don't need to be thought of that hard. Uh, we're going to ask some questions that probably never needed to be asked, and no, never would be no. asked again. But here we are. We're gonna we're gonna we're ask doing it. it. We're gonna ask the questions you're afraid to, uh, and not more likely the ones you you never thought of because you have a life. Um, but before we do that, uh, first of all, let me formally introduce my co-host today, my sole and only co-host today, because he loves me. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean, it's the Doc. So uh, I I get to teach something new this year. I'm a math teacher. I'm a middle school math teacher. Yes. Well, but before Jay jumps into this, I I I want to. This may very well become a recurring segment on the show. So <laughs> while Jay's telling you this, just understand like you're probably going to get this. Maybe not every episode, but every few episodes. Like yeah. For, for the sure. foreseeable future. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I get to teach something new this year that I normally teach middle school math. It's very humdrum, like, same routine. I love math, but it gets, like, middle school math is not, like, the bee's knees. It's not really the cream of the crop. It's not. Yeah, it's not that sexy math. Like, hey, high you schoolers know, get. There, there's, like, there's math levels that, as a math teacher, you're like, yes. This is great. This is what I enjoy. The kids are into it. They want to be there. They want to learn. And that's when it's really fun. It's like kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this year we're trying to get rid of more study halls so that kids aren't just having a bunch of unsupervised, like unstructured downtime. Mm -hmm. And so they let us pick what we wanted to do. And I was like, man, can I do a film class? Like I've always wanted to teach a film class. I don't know. And my principal's like, yeah, man, you don't have to be certified in it. It's a middle school, like, elective. You just have to be a teacher. And so then I reached out to Obi-John, and I was like, hey, here's my plan. And he's like, yeah, let's, yeah, I'll help you where you need to. 
And middle schoolers, well, they don't like writing papers. They do write papers. But uh, I did have them write a paper after we watched uh, some silent films. And I was looking for just their opinion. What did you think of it? What did you think of it? And one of the things I threw out there was practical effects versus CG, uh, CGI. And one kid wrote in his paper, I think CGI looks more realistic than practical then, then, effects. Yeah. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. Come on. CGI looks more real yeah. than real. Than real. Uh, so then... What really sparked it is this latest thing that I had them do. So I, we watched two movies from what I have called there is known as the golden age of cinema from like the 30s to the 60s. And we watched Casablanca, which is a great movie. And we watched Singing in the Rain. And I, I said to them, hey, if you were going to recast these movies today, like update, and you, you're the casting director. Money is not an issue. You can hire whoever you want, and they will do it. What are you going to do? And I gave them a list of, like, characters from each movie to do. Um, some of my favorites so far. I had one student who was doing really, really stellar on Casablanca. They had some pretty solid picks for Rick and Ilsa and Victor Laszlo. And even for... Um, for Louis, they had some solid picks, but then they got to Major Strasser, the head of the Nazis. And uh, they they picked Sly. Sly Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, hey, you, Rick. Uh, you, you you helping out the, uh, the the allies here, Rick? No? Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another one that was great was um, somebody wanted Johnny Depp to play uh, Don Lockwood from Singing in the Rain, the main character from Singing in the Rain, Johnny Depp. Because when I think classic musical, I think Johnny Depp. Did he even sing in Sweeney Todd, or is it that weird, like, talk singing? I'm not even sure. It was, I, but the, the real, know. The, cream, the cream on that, though, like, the real topper was that, they also wanted Amber Heard in that movie with Johnny Depp. And uh, borrow a line from from Chris Coron. Come again for Big Fudge. So uh, yeah, um, but this one, this one I have, and I I told some of these to Obi John earlier, but this one's new to him. So for Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Casablanca now, debatably greatest movie ever made, right? Like you talk to the 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 one or two films you're always going to hear is either Casablanca or Citizen Kane. Yep. So that's where we're going with this. Yeah, great movie, great story, romance. It really tells a great story. You you're portraying the acting. The acting is key here, right? I think in these movies. So Rick. Rick Blaine, the main character. You're thinking, man, you need a heavy hitter. You need somebody who's really going to sell it. You got somebody who's going to punch it home. Who do they want for Rick Blaine? Chris Hemsworth. Chris, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. 
it's it's it, it, okay. It, it, mm. Here's <laughs> it only gets better, John. Hold on, hold on, because here's honestly, honestly, that's not terrible. Here's the one kind of teensy weensy problem. Okay, so so Chris Hemsworth, okay, big guy. Uh, he can do the suave. He can do the brooding. You, know, you watch Extraction. You know he, he's he can act more than just being Thor. You know he's he's got range as an actor. He's really good. Um, he's definitely got that smoldering good look thing. Slight. Uh, <clears throat> the one characteristic that kind of defines Rick is he's American. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's, he's an American on the run. He's he's the prototype for everybody from freaking Han Solo to like he's the guy who who who's who's once maybe had a heart, but it's cold now because it it got broken, and he's only out for him, and he only cares about himself. And he's the literal stand-in character for America pre-bombing of Pearl Harbor. The all stick to my so other than the whole. He's Australian bit, um, you know, not terrible, I but guess. We can okay. only go up, right, John? Uh, okay. I mean, I'm a little, I'm still a little I'm trying to wrap my head around the first one, but okay, okay, let's do this. Ilsa. Uh huh. So, starting with Thor as Rick, we have. I can't remember her name off the top of my head because I had never heard of it. But it's the one of the female characters from Fast and Furious. Oh, that narrows it down. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those movies it, have really small casts. So it had like a it was a very foreign sounding name. I can't I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't think of it. It was not it Gal Gadot. It wasn't Michelle Rodriguez or Gal Gadot or no. um uh Charlize Theron. No, it's I think okay. it's um I think it's the agent. No, that's Gal Gadot, the agent that's opposite The Rock, or no? No. But no. okay. Speaking of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh dear God. Appearing in this film. Oh no. As. Oh please say it. Victor Laszlo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You said Strasser for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I was going to once again point out a small problem with that. Okay. And hey. Big, okay. Do you so know this, this poor woman has to choose between Thor and The Rock. Yeah. The Rock but, in a hard place. Okay. But wait, John. Okay. Okay. Playing Captain uh, Louis. I can't think of his last name right now. Something French, yeah. Louis Frogator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Louis. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Yo, Rick, how's your mom? Tell her I said, hey. <laughs> I can't believe that there's gambling in this establishment. Wow, what a funky bunch, huh? <laughs> oh, and Sam? Mm-hmm. Sam, the piano player, mm -hmm. is played by a Sam. Jackson? Yes. Samuel okay. L. Jackson. Okay. That's the Sam. first one I've been like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've had it with these motherfucking Nazis in this motherfucking, motherfucking bar. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, here, here's something fun, Jay. If your kids enjoyed Casablanca, uh, don't tell them that we officially told them this because they might get in trouble for it. But there's a little movie called Out Cold from like late 90s, early 2000s. It's a teen sort of sex romp comedy. I've but seen it's it, Casablanca. Yeah. It's yeah. Casablanca. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. It's hilarious. Um, also, I just want to I want to throw out one more thing. Okay. The most random thing that I heard today. Okay. And I guarantee kind of high. I guarantee he did it just to try to be funny and get people to laugh. I don't think he would actually want this person, but it was the most ridiculous thing I heard and I was like, "Okay, that's it. Sit down." Playing Sam, the piano player. Danny DeVito. So anyway, I just started blasting. So I, I've watched too much Always Sunny. That's now my default Danny DeVito. When you say Danny DeVito to me, my mind goes right to Frank from Always Sunny. Um, so yeah, for making a parody, let's do it. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give him a little piano. And I'm like, oh my God, just stop. <laughs> okay. okay, you know what? That kid gets a bonus star for me. <laughs> for the little piece. Stop. I'll give him a little piano. Sit down. You're done. And he's like, oh, no, he can play. I'm like, no, no, just you're done. This is done. We're done here. We're done. I want to hear him out, Jay. So crazy. It might just work. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Kids are dumb. But, yeah, the the most surprising was uh, as Victor Laszlo, it it came up three or four times already today. Um, Oh, no, I can't think of his name. Oppenheimer. Oh, Cillian Murphy? Cillian Murphy. Or Killian? I, I don't know. Killian, whatever. But I was like, yeah. hey, yes, that's okay. decent. That Solid. I can work with. Like, that's... Solid. Yep. Sorry, the only correct answer I would have given 100 points for is no one, because why would you remake Casablanca? That's the only answer I'll accept. You're right, and I... I it was just an... act. Like I said, it was I know. Just It was an get. exercise. I get it. You wanted yeah. to get the kids engaged. Yeah. Gotcha. Get him to, to actually think about stuff other right. than, oh, why aren't we watching Fast and Furious? Because so. we'll never watch that in this class. Right? <sighs> okay. Anyway, I digress. No, no, no. That's a fun. That, that's going to be fun to revisit. Uh, I hope you're saving all these responses. This is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. All right. I don't know what the hell that was. All right. Here we go. There's a fly flying around. Anyway. Okay. Our actual topic today. Um, well, first of all, if you were going to be forced to recast Casablanca and or Singing in the Rain, who would you pick? Can you top Danny DeVito and Sly Stallone? I bet you can because you're the internet. Uh, let us hear it. Maybe we'll talk about it. Who would? Okay. So I'll let J- this was Jay's idea for topics, so I'll let him kind of cue it up. Uh, okay, so you're familiar with shower thoughts, right? Random, like, random shit that just pops into your head that you just start thinking about that makes, it has no connection to anything and you just think about it, right? So I was like, okay. What about movies that you've seen a bunch? Like, you've seen a movie so many times, you're used to the plot, you're used to the characters, you know all the lines, you can quote it all. So your mind starts to wander, and you're just like, I wonder. 
And then you start thinking about like all these background things, like what's going on behind the scenes in universe. Like how do they, well, how do they do this? Or where did this come from? Stuff like that. So I deemed it shower movie thoughts. So just random things that just popped into your head at some point in time while watching a movie. And we're just going to roll with it and try to figure out maybe our own answer or play off of it or just laugh at how ridiculous. Maybe it has no answer. Yeah. Right. So anyway, with that, do you want us to kick, you want me to kick us off or do you want to, I got one. Let me tell, let, let me pitch one and you tell me how far I am on track to what you had in mind. Okay. Let's hear Because I looked at it more as, I mean, this might be two angles to come with the same thing, but like overthinking movies. Okay. Um, um, there's a line from, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the, the, the theme song. If you're wondering how he eats and breathes and other science facts, remember yourself. It's just to show you should really just relax. The things that they do, just just like, watch the movie. Just calm down. You know, yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff is what I hit right. on. So, okay, so I have three. Okay. Three and a half-ish. One's kind of a half-baking, but I have, I have three. And I'm going to start with the ones where it's like, I had the least to say about, and then I'm going to end with the one that I could talk about all fucking day. Okay. So, okay. Tell me how far off the mark I am. Jay, you've seen the matrix. Yes. Okay. The first one, I'm only talking about the first matrix. I'm throwing every single sequel out as everyone should, because they're all varying degrees of suck. Um, so my question was in the matrix, in the world of the matrix, not in the matrix, but well, I guess kind of that too. Okay. Jay, where do babies come from in the Matrix? If everyone's oh. if everyone's in their own little goo pod and what no one actually fuck? physically connects to anybody, how where where because the machines would they're using us for batteries, right? So they need to grow or have more batteries because humans are eventually gonna die, right? So this we have fucking, to this opens a whole fucking shit ton of can of worms I never even considered. I damn you, but awesome. That's is, exactly is, it. Okay, okay. So hold on, because I got more <laughs> random thoughts here. Because once once you break that dam, they start coming, right? So again, so the whole concept or, or the, the conceit of the matrix is the machines are using humans as batteries. Right. Uh, our our body heat and whatever. They're using it, but to keep us occupied, they put our minds into this computer simulation called the matrix. Okay. So physically in the real world. We're all suspended in a pod of goo with tubes yeah. all over us and while our mind is jacked into the matrix. And so throw the baby. Yeah. Sorry. So well and we, we well, we see a scene with an infant being like inside a pod with the goo coming in. But again, where do infants come from? If we're all physically separated in our own little goop. Like so, in the Matrix, you in your mind, you could meet somebody and fall in love and and pop out kids within the Matrix. But how would you know if that's a real kid or just a Matrix, you know, baby? Because it's all it's all computers in in ones and zeros. So physically, actually, how do they make babies? I have one idea, and it's kind of messed up. I do too. Is, is it is it the tubes? Are the tubes connected? Because I always thought those were like electric, like prods to like connect your nerves into the matrix. But I didn't see a full body shot. Are there? Because that opens up other questions about you know 
human waste removal from your goo pod how do we handle bodily fluids in the matrix or are the tubes all connected is that how they just take some goo from this tube and some human bodily fluid goo from that tube and now we have a new battery cringy Uh, i don't like it but (laughs) that is that is a deep one to start us off okay (laughs) i have a theory yes okay here's my theory okay the machines Uh uh-huh they're watching us Mm -hmm. not like close but like enough it's a program right yeah they're watching the matrix yeah that's what the agents are for yeah so they know like oh we have this human entity met this human entity maybe what they do is then they keep an eye on that to see what happens and then the procreation and so what happens in the matrix is they're attempting to procreate and the the machines go collect dna we'll just say dna from the male and dna from the female mix them together and grow a baby i mean that's that that works but it's one of those the more again the more you really think about it because when you're in the matrix all you know is the electrical signals that are being interpreted by your brain so they could grow a kid and like assign it to you as your 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 progeny but if you're in the matrix you have no idea what that kid really looks like because all you're seeing is the mental projection of that kid because like yeah. when, when neo comes out and then goes back in the matrix and he's like oh my hair grew back and my tubes are gone and it's like yes this is your your mental projection of your digital self but even that doesn't make sense because he doesn't see himself for real until he's out of the matrix so the first time he ever really sees himself is when he's bald and has plugs in his neck and stuff because again you're in the matrix even if you're looking at a mirror in the matrix you're seeing what the matrix wants you to see which is something they get into in the fourth movie which i don't want to get into but like so sure they could they could just be mixing and matching dna from different tubes and making more baby batteries and assigning okay baby battery one three five two zero one one three seven is assigned to this couple it doesn't matter what the kid actually looks like because you're in the matrix it could look like whatever they tell you it looks like here's here's one of the things that this can of worms open it can of worms open for me okay are you ready so where do babies come from great question how do the robots know what sex feels like (laughs) they know what chicken tastes like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come on jay you've been on the internet you know there are various gadgets and gizmos to simulate that stuff so it's like are there two like there are two robots out in the real world that are like okay i have these parts you have those parts let's see what this feels like oh that's nice and then they program that into the matrix they have decades of human porn from the internet <laughs> and all kinds of you know uh, uh, sexual aids. Uh, when Agent to... Smith, when he's talking about, was it Agent Smith who's talking about how it failed the first time? Yes, like the your first feeble one was the Garden of Paradise, and we all rejected it. Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> all sex was porn sex. Every dude was, it was like one packing. giant orgy. Every dude was packing. The pizza guy would show up and he'd be like, How are you gonna pay for this pizza? And then people were like, Wait, this isn't how life works. But for some reason they were only in the destruction of the human world, all that survived was 70s porn. So everybody had mustaches <laughs> and just brown chicken, brown cow music. Huge froze and they're just and that's why it failed. They're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We got to start over, guys. Something's not right here. Maybe. <laughs> that's the, see, that's the shit that, like, it really gets going once you start talking about it. But, yeah, that's a good one. Like, Okay. I never thought of that. Just making sure I didn't leave. Yeah, that, that, that's oh. all I had down for, for my my random question so yeah so okay where do babies come from in the matrix that's really good that's like it's that's not the same kind of thoughts i had but like that's really good good job okay. john you get an a thank plus. you yay you hey, i'm going to hawaii yay yay i got a gold star yay uh okay all right but what you got here's my first one all right hit me with it okay i want you to think about james bond movies okay and I want you to think about, like, that volcano layer. I can't remember the movie. With the giant, like, slowly opening. You, you know what Twice, I think, is the one with the volcano layer. Okay, right. And so yeah. then that gets me thinking about evil villains in general. And mm-hmm. evil villain layers. Is there, like, an... Even vil- evil villain Zillow out there, like a realtor to the evil villains that like they take the evil villains and they show them these like properties. They're like, this is a nice volcano property with an open got a six hundred thousand square foot hollowed out volcano. Only one previous owner. <laughs> it's got a. It's equipped with a rocket launch pad, mm-hmm. machine gun turrets. Fully Lasers. renovated after a uh, ninja versus uh, British army gunfight. <laughs> Here Got we have some this beautiful. We have this wonderful hilltop villa equipped with rocket pods. Yeah, it comes uh, complete with Soviet air and nuclear missile launchers. No missiles, though. Sorry, it's just the launchers. <laughs> like, is there just some realtor to the evil villains out there that's just? Like... Yeah, yeah, it's got a great retro '60s vibe to it. Is it? Listen, there's the only chairs in the people, conference room all have trap doors. There's only a few people who know about this this facility. We like to keep it on the down low. <laughs> you okay? You know what, Jay? You know what? I know. I know. We put you pitched this as James Bond, but my mind went to The Incredibles. If there's an Edna mode. Okay, if there's someone who specializes in just making suits for superheroes, yeah, somewhere there is like, and this sounds like an SNL skit, there is someone who is just an 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 evil realtor, <laughs> or like an evil architect. Yeah, they they specialize <laughs> in in finding uh, matching you, the aspiring villain, to the layer you deserve. Uh, are you looking for a compound, a bunker, a private island, a volcano? Uh, do you need a tank with sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads? And you need it yesterday. You need to call so and so 
evil realtor. When you said when you said Incredibles, my mind immediately went to that meeting, like the meeting between Syndrome and the evil realtor, where he goes, "I want a wall of lava that opens like curtains." Yeah. Ooh, ah, lava curtains. That's that's hard to find okay, in this market. The curtains we can do, but the pathway with no railings, OSHA's going to get you on that one. That's uh, we, I, You're going to have to give me a I, few days to find this for you. I kept telling the Empire when they were building that big star thingy that you got to put railings up there that is an OSHA nightmare. They didn't listen to me, and look what happened. So then <laughs> this parlayed into another thought. <laughs> okay. Who do they call if they need to service their facilities? Do they have in-house services? Do they have plumbers on staff? Do they have to call like AOK plumbing? And you know, you just get this like Brooklyn guy that shows up and he's like, ah, he's got like a stogie and he's like, yeah, I'm here about the toilet. What the hell is this place? And then he's just... <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember Moonraker? The Bond movie? <laughs> vaguely i remember parts of it yeah okay so the the lead villain in moonraker before we blast off into space his main compound is this giant underwater facility that then rises up out of the ocean like atlantis okay yeah yeah so imagine yeah your new jersey plumber being sent out in a in a boat back up Where's this friggin' place? Here's the address. It said right here, the GPS coordinates. What do you mean I got a scuba dive? I'm not registered. You bring that thing to me. You raise that thing up here. I don't go down there. Like Carl from Aqua Team. No, you bring it up. <laughs> you bring that up here. I don't need no instructions to know how to plumb. And then, you know, third out of the movie, he just, you know, he walks out of, of finally, hey, y'all, I got this toilet working again. Where, who, where do I go to collect my chip? What the heck is going on? Why are we in freaking outer space? <laughs> I woke up this morning. I came into work and now I'm in outer space. How do I get back? I got pills. I got to take the dog outside. Oh, <laughs> but the fry man's in my pool right now. <laughs> Keep that meat wad out. That was, that's that was like the first one I had. Is like again, dude, there's, dude, a, are, there's a great SNL sketch in there somewhere. They're just like I just imagine these evil villains surfing on the internet, looking at like layers, and they're like, "Ooh, this one's nice. Ooh, I like this one." So yeah, evil villain Zillow or evil realtor. You know, is there is there evil plumber that? I feel like that's that's the plot of Despicable Me. What are we up to? Five? <laughs> I have a growing family. I need new lair. Oh. So that was my first one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's... so, okay, Jay, when we're done, I need you to, I need you to go to YouTube. Okay. And I need you to look up Bob and Carl, sci-fi janitors. Okay. They are, this is a series of shorts. I think they're they're over with now, but a, a couple of guys came up with, I stumbled upon them at Dragon Con, back when I used to go to Dragon Con, which I miss Dragon Con. Anyway, uh, it's, the whole concept is they're, they're the guys who clean up after the convention. 
but they're hand puppets. They're hazmat suit wearing gas mask with brooms in hand, hand puppets, sort of waxing philosophic on all the randomness that happens at the cons. Uh, and it's, it is some of the funniest stuff I have ever seen. Uh, uh, Google uh, uh, Thor's company. It's my personal favorite. But uh, it's very along the lines of, of is there a plumber or a realtor for evil scientists? It's, it's, they, they have a lot of those shower thoughts. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Still thinking about this poor guy out in the middle of the ocean in a, like a rowboat. <laughs> like a little 20-horse motor on the back. Where's this friggin' place at? Uh, all right, sorry. I came here to fix your toilets, and the whole place is on fire. There's ninjas coming out of the walls. <laughs> Who's the guy with the golden gun? What the hell's going on? Someone just signed this work order. I can go home. <laughs> I just need an ID. I just, I just need an ID. Sir, Don't sir. you sit here and try to nickel and dime me. You just ripped off Fort Knox. I know you got the cash. I'll take gold. <laughs> What's this frigging guy doing throwing a hat? You think it's going to hurt throwing a hat Who at Who throws me? a hat? What's wrong with you? Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I think this next one's going to dovetail very closely to, to something you probably have on your list. Um, and again, I'm going order of like what I have the most to say about versus least to say about. So, Jay, you're a fan of Godzilla. Yeah. Okay. What are the coolest things... But then the more I think about it, <laughs> one of the most confusing things about the most recent run of Godzilla movies from, from Warner Brothers is this organization called Monarch. Okay, so trying to track the history and origins of Monarch, and I know there's an upcoming show on Apple TV Plus about Monarch. I look forward to pirating it because I don't have Apple TV Plus and I'm not giving Apple money. Um, but so they start in the 40s or 50s as, and this is according to their own like Wikipedia canon, okay? They were started by President Truman to investigate uh, uh, weird goings on, um, the, the sinking of the SS uh, Lawton, which I think is what John Goodman talks about. So, okay, task force to investigate weird thing. Okay, cool, fine, sure. Then by the 70s, they're an underfunded government department that's studying nuclear irradiated monsters, maybe, but also an island chain off out in like the South Pacific. Uh, and then by the time we get to the the first Godzilla movie, again, we're studying recovering up radiation leaks uh, because of MUTO activity. And, and then by the later movies, we have a whole military wing that has like, super helicarriers and 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 the g unit or g squad sorry uh that's there to combat kaiju and it's like um okay and, and then also in in i think it's is it uh uh king of the monsters where they they reveal that monarch has outposts all over the globe so they have like 67 different outposts all over the world so my question is who the hell's paying for this? 
Like, you can't even give me a clear directive of what do you do? <laughs> Let alone, where do you get funding for all this shit? Uh, uh Mr. President, we we need you to sign this, this uh, check. Who's it for? Doesn't matter. What's it? What's it going to? It's okay. You can't tell me. It's classified. I'm the president. God damn it! Sign, sign the check, sir. Just sign the check. It's a great question. Taxpayers. I'd hate How to see taxpayers well, fucking taxes in this movie. Like, and, and that's the, look, if it was just like because again, it, it in the earlier stuff, it's an American organization. But then the longer the movies go on, the more like multinational, international it is, and it's like okay, so. And granted, yes, there's a TV show coming, and hopefully the TV show will answer some of these questions. But it's 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 a international agency that monitors kaiju and potential kaiju threats, and and contains kaiju in the various and and what exactly does an outpost? Because one outpost has King Ghidorah frozen in the ice. The other outpost is apparently all of Skull Island. Yeah, or what's left of it is one outpost, or or you know uh, the um, the Mothra one, like you you hatched Mothra. Why? Why did you do yeah, it? I I it it. I mean, you can make an argument that after the first Godzilla movie, when like the 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 you know the can of worms is open and the whole world knows about the the kaiju or the titans or whatever we're supposed to call them, they know about giant monsters now. So maybe from that point is where like the military wing came in and like we we put together like a you know UN kind of coalition to fund it maybe. But like prior to that, and and part of the thing with with uh, Kong Skull Island is like they're very underfunded. And like they have to beg, borrow, and steal to get stuff. They have to take over an expedition already on its way, and and kind of weasel their way in to get uh, government funding for the military and stuff. What's up? Maybe that's the end, because John Goodman was trying, and the senator was like, "This is it. Like this is your last shot." And then they proved that Godzilla was real, or not Godzilla, King Kong was real. King Kong and the kaiju on the island, yeah. And then the silent or the the hollow Earth theory was proved and then these scientists got picked up and then at the end of it they're in this like one-way mirror room you know what i mean like, oh yeah the post-credit scene yeah yeah, yeah. and they're like oh welcome well, to monarch welcome to monarch maybe that's when it was like oh let's kick this thing into gear we got to get this under control because you and i both know that the u.s government what are they good at controlling things that can be weaponized like in movies that's what they do they, Until the third act, when everything has to escape, anyway. Yes. So it's like to me, that's what where I would see is like, oh, okay. And then they started finding all these other kaiju or titans, whatever you want to call them, and built these outposts. And they're like, we're here to contain it until we can't. And that's so that's how they got their funding, and they just keep funding it because the American public doesn't need that, and not just the American public. The international public, you know, and they get this whole coalition thing and they're like, you know, we just well, don't then, Something else that occurred to me is, is so in, and this, I, I'm not a fan of this movie, unfortunately, but in, in Kong, sorry, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. There's that other corporation that builds the Mecha Godzilla. And from what I'm, what I've read, 
in an earlier version of the movie before it either got written out of the script or just edited out, they were partnering with Monarch for the expedition into the hollow earth in order to get like first dibs on stuff found there. So maybe there is some core, like private corporate funding for Monarch. There you go. Maybe certain strategic corporations that Monarch could use like the technology or, or whatever of is sort of like a, Hey, you scratch our back. We'll scratch yours kind of deal. Walmart. <laughs> yes, we look, we'll give you guys first <laughs> crack at putting a Walmart on skull Island. Welcome to Walmart Skull Island. You'll be the only game in town until someone <laughs> steps on you. <laughs> I visited Skull Island and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. Um, that'd be my guess, is that that's what happened. Is like That makes sense. <sighs> that said, I am looking forward to the new Monarch series. But... You are correct, sir. This does tie into one of my shower thoughts. Okay. So Godzilla attacks the Muto in San Francisco Mm -hmm. in the first Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Mass mayhem, mass destruction. Las Vegas is decimated. Um, Ruined Boston in the second one. We see that. Yeah, Boston is just trashed. Uh, that island off of that island in Mexico, or like that volcano in Mexico, erupted because of Rodan. Oh, shit has just hit the. A lot of shake I erupted in that movie. Yeah. Who cleans that up? <laughs> who? Like, um, who comes in and is like, "Yeah, this is where we start." Damage control from from Marvel. So, uh, like, that's what I like to wonder is, like, and then if you if you are a resident of one of these cities, San Francisco, Boston, what have you, you know, Hong Kong or not Hong Kong, but like Tokyo. Yeah. Wouldn't you just get sick of rebuilding the, the city time after time? Like, how many times you got to string the Golden Gate Bridge back up before it's been well? Enough? If you're a con, if you're a private contractor, you gotta love the work, you know that or the job security. Man, bills are getting tight. Could really use a kaiju attack right about now. <laughs> Breaking news: Godzilla seen off San Francisco shore. Yes, right, boys, Here we go. We're it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good Christmas, kids. Uh, yeah, that's just you just like, took out the whole financial district. Like, I know, I know, city workers, and I'm thinking city workers are not going to be too hip to the. We're going to do this without overtime. We're, <laughs> you know, wait, we're the ones that are in charge of this. You going to bring in some help? We fly in solo. See, that's one thing. Um, Pacific Rim, which I love. And and I, I, one of the things I love about Pacific Rim is it tries to stop and think, okay, in a world, in a world, uh, a world. Where, where, where kaiju do show up and attack and ruin cities on a somewhat frequent basis, how does the world adapt? And we see, like, you know, they try to build a wall around with Australia. Um, that doesn't work very well. And then, like, 
cities build strategic bunkers for people to go hide in when a kaiju's coming to attack and like there's a whole like black market of kaiju like bones and bodily fluids and stuff like that and you know, for all the things it really does that's interesting of like okay how would because humanity is great at adapting how would we adapt with this which is okay this is the new norm every once in a while a kaiju is going to show up and wreck a city on the coast that's like the one thing they never really get into is okay what happens when a city gets destroyed who and how builds it all back yeah do we build it all back do we just move further inland do we do we get away from like how does that work? And I mean like because they don't move further inland. I mean think no. about think about uh, is it Hong Kong in that one? Like Hong like where the Technodrome is? Or... Oh, yeah, 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 I think so. And it's like they they didn't move. Like it's still there. You're still literally right on the ocean where these things are coming out. Which, but I mean, yeah, every time there's a hurricane coming through Florida, you see all the, I am moving, I survived five hurricanes, I'll survive this one. I know the whole city, half the state done been evacuated. We'll be fine. We got, we got, we got wood up on the, on the windows. We'll be good. I survived, I survived Godzilla once before. I can survive Godzilla again. I survived me a Godzilla, I got Zuki and a Rodan. We'll be fine. I don't even know. start to worry unless it's a King Ghidorah, a Monster Zero, Space Godzilla. I might move for a Space Godzilla. They weird. You you do know that they're not going to refer to it as Godzilla. They're definitely calling it Godzilla. <laughs> That's the outer Space Godzilla. He's a high. I might move for him. That's, did you ever see that son of Godzilla? He's a weird looking little creature. I tell you what. Junior, come on the TV. We talk about the Godzuki. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Maybe we wouldn't. Because <laughs> there's all, every time there's a natural disaster or a flood or the people who live right on the coast, like, oh, we're going to build back. It's like, maybe you should move. <laughs> you hear stories of, well, this is the third time we've lost our home to a hurricane. We're going to build it right back. Stop. We can't get flood Go. insurance anymore because the house has been washed away already, but... We we're we're really struggling to get kaiju insurance in this market. It's it's a little high. It's a little extreme. Uh, they said, you know what? You've been stomped on one too many times by that Godzilla creature. Uh, it's time to move. It's time time to move. I'm thinking Iowa is nice this time of year. Uh, well, we lived out in Boston, and it got squished when Godzilla fought the King Ghidorah, and then then we headed out. Yeah, let's go someplace nice and warm and tropical, and. Then that Biolante thing came up out of the water and it just destroyed the whole coast. And we moved to Los Angeles, but there was a goddamn battle in Los Angeles. I swear to God, aliens came from the sky. They were trying to steal our water. I don't know what the we hell thought we'd be okay because they were a little alien, little little, but you know they, they did plenty of damage on their own. Flying saucers like... blowing up all our landmarks. And then I said, you know what, honey? Let's move to Las Vegas. Nothing can get us in Vegas. I was rolling bones at the craps table, and something came crashing through the casino right there on the strip. <sighs> That's what we need. We need a movie of, like, the, it's just like a spoof 
comedy of like interviews with survivors. I survived Independence Day. <laughs> I dig it. So yeah, who cleans it up? I don't know. I'd like to know. I mean, you know, are those taxpayers really paying out their asses right now to replace those things or what? Especially if at the same time we're now putting more money into Monarch for more Godzilla defense that didn't work. <laughs> Next step, we're going to gi- build giant robots that two pilots sit in the head and have to control left and right hemisphere and and fight the Godzillas. This is the only logical choice we have left. I mean, y'all saw how well Mechagodzilla did. That's what... We're just we're just gonna refer to them as they're not Titans anymore, they're Godzillers. <laughs> I was out the other day farming and I saw that Mothra Godzilla. I heard she's a good one though. She's she one of them good ones. <laughs> I, I was just standing there and I heard these voices going, Mothra. That movie is so weird. It is. Uh, okay. Very, very strange. All right. Good. Yeah, that's uh that's a very good question. I have no answer to Jay. I don't I don't know, man. But that is an interesting question I would love to see. Because again, like Pacific Rim, part of what I love about that movie is it, it does take the 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 notion of if this was real and if this happened recurrently, how would we as like society and humans kind of adapt to living with it? But that's one thing we never really answered. So other than yeah. when we pull back, okay, but who? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we stop because wasn't that Charlie Hunnam's job at the beginning is he's building, no, he's building the wall. He's helping build, build the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. I take that back. All right. Okay. Okay, I don't... Jay, have you ever been watching a movie? And you're excited for it. And you're like, okay, this this looks this looks kind of cool. I'm kind of excited for this. And then it starts. And then the further into the movie you get, the less anything makes sense. And you just, like, you know, you're just trying to turn your brain off and like, okay, I know in this movie, you know, kaiju or a thing okay i'll buy into that let's go what are we gonna do with that concept okay but like the film just keeps throwing things at you that like well wait that doesn't but how can what you what because we just but wait slow hold on pump the brakes i can't like you you just they keep throwing stuff at you and your brain can't comprehend how that jives with what they already told you and it's like the whole movie falls apart because your brain just can't stop and try to wrap around the 18 things you just got thrown at you you ever felt like that because that's how i feel every time i try to watch bright the will smith orc cop movie on netflix from like three four years ago like i'm familiar with it i haven't seen it though okay okay have you ever seen alien nation Mm, I don't think so. Have you seen District 9? Yes. Okay. So the, the the premise of Bright isn't bad. I actually kind of like the premise. Uh, if you've seen Onward, it's going to sound familiar. Bright is supposed to be this oil and vinegar 
uh, or oil and water don't mix buddy cop movie where instead of like one's black and one's white, one's young and one's old or in alienation, one's a human, one's an alien. It's one is a human, one is an orc in a fantasy world where all the like magical fantasy races like centaurs and elves and orcs and 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 uh, I, I assume hobbits or or something like that or fairies all exist but technology has progressed up to like modern levels so like it's sort of the 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 modern world but in a world where we also have all those fantasy things okay so it's very like, much on- like onward yeah, yeah. Onward does this much better because Onward gives you in the opening sort of a, a very brief like once upon a time magic existed and all these crazy fantasy creatures existed. But magic was, you know, great because it could do lots of cool things, but it was rare and not everybody could use it and it was unpredictable. And eventually we developed technology that could replicate a lot of the things we used magic for. So we left magic by the wayside and moved into technology so at the beginning of onward it's you know they live in the suburbs and they go to public school and we worry about our you know all the mundane things of our world but they're ogres and manticores and 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 unicorns and whatever uh so it's that kind of juxtaposition of like the ordinary world we live in the everyday stuff with with the fantasy kind of setting onward does this really well bright does this terribly I'm watching the movie and at first you, you get this whole montage of like graffiti art that they used to kind of catch you up on like the lore of this world, which in a nutshell is 2000 years ago, there was a dark Lord and he, he was subjugating all the nine races of the world. And then one orc stood against the, the rest of the orcs and united the other races together and we overthrew the dark lord but they prophesied his maybe return someday and then we cut forward to now and it's just la now but there's orcs and if if in case you don't get the metaphor this movie's going for they will beat you over the head with it orcs are coded for black people because there's one orc who's the first orc LA police officer and it's a whole big deal and all the other orcs are like I'm tired of being subjugated because our people used to serve the dark lord 2000 years ago and why are orcs always bad guys on TV and uh, orcs live in poverty except for sometimes the athletes come in and every orc who isn't the cop is dressed in like like a suburban white person's idea of what black people dress like in, in urban LA all you know raiders and lakers jerseys and like hats and just like gold chains everywhere like everyone's a gangbanger from the 90s uh and, and and so okay i'm trying to watch this movie and every once in a while you get kind of a cool idea like there's a riot cop who's a centaur I'm like oh okay that's that's kind of okay that's, and he doesn't do anything or say anything or move he just he's there you're like oh okay uh there, there's a scene where they drive by a part of the city called elf town which is just Beverly Hills oh, with, with elves gotcha. who wear a lot more gold because elves are the get it. Elves are the one percent. Oh. They have all the wealth. Get it. Do you get it? Don't worry. 
because we spend five minutes talking about Elf Town and how they're rich and they have all the advantages, and then we never go back to Elf Town in the movie at all. Not once. After Makes that sense. Movie. But, okay, where my mind broke, because, okay, the idea of fantasy tropes and fantasy races, but in a more modern setting. Okay, that could be fun. But the problem here is the divergent point that this movie has selected. What I mean by that is in District 9, because you've seen that, in District 9, everything in the world is exactly how it is in our world until the flying ship shows up and they can't get it open and then they do get it open and these aliens come out and now we have to figure out what to do with all these alien migrants that we don't know what to do with. So everything up until that point is the world we live in and we know. So the movie only has to explain the last five or ten years where the history of the movie diverged from the history we know. Same with Alienation. In fact, Alienation is very similar to District 9. Uh, Flying Saucer shows up. We finally get the people out. And the people who were on it don't even know how to run the ship. And and they're 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 fleeing a, a planet, and we try to integrate them into society. We call them newcomers. Uh, it's about the first newcomer who is on the force in San Francisco, or I don't know. Anyway, California somewhere. Again, same deal. Our the history of this world is the same as the history of our world until that saucer shows up, and so the last five ten years are what diverged with bright. The entire universe is a divergent point. Again, the lore they get 2,000 years ago, there was a Dark Lord, and then an elf or an orc rose up and led the revolt against the Dark Lord, and we overthrew the Dark Lord. Okay. So you're telling me, in a world where all that happened 2,000 years ago, we somehow end up to a world that is exactly like the one we live in right now, except we sprinkle in a few fantasy races here and there? Here's a list of shit that exists in this universe, okay? The Bloods and the Crips are still a thing. Okay. Shrek is still a thing. Okay. Uh, uh, um, The Alamo still happened. There's a part in this movie where... There's a crazy guy with a sword, and the cops are like, "All right, someone's got to go take care of this guy." And you know, why don't we have the orc do it? And the orc looks to an officer who's Hispanic and goes, "Why don't you take care of it?" He goes, and then the Hispanic officer goes, "Don't look at me, man. People are still pissing us around the Alamo. The Alamo still happened? Because here's the th- hold on, hold on. Black Lives Matter because Will Smith stomps on a fairy and looks to camera and says, "Fairy lives don't matter today." So. Black Lives Matter. The, not, I'm not, in, in a world where we have all these fantasy races and orcs are coded to be like African American, the Black Lives Matter movement was still a thing. Even humans among themselves couldn't get along with all these other races. And it's it's we're including elements from our world without all the history that goes along with getting to those elements. So when you oh oh, oh here's here's my kicker. You ready, Jay? You ready, Jay? Okay, so in a world. In a world where all these fantasy races coexist together, right? Right. What do you think pro sports would look like? 
It'd be you intense. Like it'd be elves, crazy. Right. Elves are super nimbly bimbly and in 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 centaurs or you know, imagine you know, polo with centaurs. The NFL still exists in this universe because they make a line about how every defensive line are all orcs. I what? wanted to like this movie. <laughs> and it kept hitting me over the head with stuff where I had to pause and go, wait, what? To me, this isn't like a... This isn't like a shower thought type movie. This is a what the fuck were they thinking in general movie like. Well, again, it's it's one of those like the, the thing that hit me, the thing that, you know, that lives rent free in my brain. My my if it wasn't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college with this movie is that stupid line about the Alamo. Yeah. That was what triggered <laughs> this is I was like, OK, stu- things I overthink about movies. Oh, the Alamo thing from Bright. So I started looking up stuff about Bright to, to kind of refresh my memory. And the more I looked up and refreshed my memory, I just, the questions didn't stop, Jay. I think, I think the answer to your question is just don't watch it. They, they had greenlit a sequel. I don't think it's still happening after Will Smith torpedoed his career by punching Chris Rock, but... yeah. Uh, uh, they they keep threatening to do another one. I don't know why, because this one was terrible. I just, just just terrible. Somebody in my film class was like, "Oh, Will Smith's a good actor," and I was like, "Was he like, still might be a good actor, but he can't control his temper, so he done." He, yeah, I was like, uh, <clears throat> "This uh, like it intrigued <clears throat> me. The premise intrigued me, but now the more you talk about it, I'm like." They done the they fucked up. It's again like it's a really interesting premise, but in order to get it to really work, you have to really put the work in. And if you can, if our starting point is two thousand years ago, that means all of modern history didn't play out the same way it did for us. Now you can cherry pick certain elements of that. You can still have world wars where you involve all the different races and stuff. You can still have some version of World War Two. But it wouldn't be the Nazis. To me, I think where they missed it, I think where they missed the the point on this was if you're going to do a completely divergent history of our universe, of our world, and you're going to make the orcs a specific race, then you need to make other regions of of the world they live in a specific race. Like humans live in the united states region like it wouldn't be the united states it'd be like humans live in the human region orcs are from this region you know like it is in the world or the way the world was and so like if you had a world war the world war would be like oh the elves started the war with the orcs and the humans like very lord of the rings ish you know what i mean yeah and they, again, it sounds like they didn't do that, which is like you're missing the boat on that. That's like the premise could work. The, like if you took, you know, Gimli and Legolas as buddy cops in a fantasy yeah. world, yeah, like that the premise could work. Uh, but you yeah, like you said, you've got to really you've got to sit and plot out okay, how did if this is our starting point, how did the rest of the world play out, our history play out up yeah. to where we are now? You actually have to do it. 
And it's it I had forgotten about uh, until I was looking into it. But like, yeah, Onward does this premise a million times better in a Disney Pixar kids movie. It's a great movie. I love Onward. It it's a really good. Movie. It really is a good movie. I really like it a lot. So, John, I, I don't do have whole any answers for that one. On, yeah, I, it's, it's okay. I like I said, I could do a whole episode. Excuse me, I could do a whole episode on the weird plot contrivances of Bright and the, the lazy world building of Bright and how anyone who liked the movie needs to have their head examined. Um, but it, 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 I can't that stupid line about the Alamo, Jay. Because, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Fine. Somewhere in the history of the world, an event happened at a place called the Alamo. So maybe it's not exactly the Alamo we remember. But still, still, still. Jay, do you know anybody who makes cracks about being upset with Mexico about the Alamo? No. The Alamo. No. I mean, spend 10 seconds on the internet and you can find plenty of people mad about Mexicans for plenty of dumb reasons, but is the Alamo still one of them? No. Okay. Well, John. Yeah, sorry. I have one more. Okay. It's a very simple question. Okay. And I'm really hoping this opens up a big can of worms for us that we can then explore in in maybe an entire genre. Or maybe it's just a simple question that has a simple answer. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Here's the question. You ready? How do you put gas in the Batmobile? Which Batmobile? The 89. It 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 has gas caps. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Oh. Cuz like for me this opened up a whole thing of like how does he get gas? Like does he pull up to like a gas station and fill up in the unleaded? Does he by like, the back tires by the fins on I think both sides actually are, I think they're uh, aircraft uh, gas tank covers. Right. But I mean, then, but like still, how does he fill it up? Does he take it to the gas station? Does he have, does he have gas at the back cave? He's Bruce Wayne. I assume he just brings in gas by the truckload. Okay. But then doesn't that open up a bunch of questions? Like, hey, we're delivering. 20,000 gallons of gas to Bruce Wayne again. Like, does that not open up more questions? Like, why does he need so much gas? Does he switch up delivery people? Or is it the same person that delivers? Well, well, okay. Then, Adam, wh- okay. Where does he pump it to? Because he can't pump it into the the back cave. What, why not? Well, I mean, like, is there just like a nozzle that's just like pump to bat cave? Okay, if in this, hmm. okay, <laughs> first, Adam West solved the whole problem because his Batmobile was atomic, atomic batteries to power turbines to speed, didn't need gas. Uh, second, this is in the same continuity as a Bruce Wayne who has a secret tunnel from his office at the top of a, uh, a Gotham City skyscraper that shoots down 
presumably through the entire building and lands him in the Batcave. I don't think it'd be too hard for him to build like a fake gas station to have them deliver gas to that just pumps it into the Batcave. <laughs> Money can solve that, I think. I don't know. I was hoping that this would spark more conversation of like the whole idea like of just cars in cinematic universes that to me the only one that did it that like you can actually see it was Blade. Um no, my question is what kind of Yes. Sorry, what you cut out what was your question? My question is, what kind of gas mileage does the Batmobile get? If he's out fighting crime too long, does he have to stop at a shell station? Right. Is like, that just, what the Bat credit card is for? Huh? You just, I'm, a, I'm all out of cash. Do you take a Bat credit card? I know Bruce Wayne. He'll vouch for me. <coughs> does he, is it, is it self-service? Does he, <laughs> is it full service? Does he just go up? Who changes the oil in the Batmobile? I assume he does. There's a whole scene where he puts the bat, trying to puts the Batmobile back together after after uh, Penguin ruins it in the second movie. So if he can put it back together, I, I assume he can change his own oil. Okay, that's fair. I just or 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 in Batman the animated series, Batman has a mechanic on call. Does he? There's a gr- there's a great episode. I think it's hold on. Let me look it up. There's yeah. There's an episode that gives the origins of his of the the animated series Batmobile. Because Batman originally had just a coupe that he kind of souped up himself, but it wasn't working. Uh, he finds this uh, out-of-work mechanic. So Bruce Wayne uh, pays for him and his daughter to start their own auto shop. But they also, on the side, whenever he needs it, do Batman's car. Uh, hold on. I'm going to look up. Uh, I'm not IMDb. Sorry. Because there's an episode where Penguin finds out about it. Um and tries to have the mechanic sabotage the Batmobile. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good question. Like, you're out fighting crime. You're you're running around. You haven't checked the gas gauge in the Batmobile in a little while. Season one, episode forty-eight, the mechanic. Got it. You're just you're tooling around. You're. You're cleaning up street thugs, and then all of a sudden, she's on E, and you're like, wait a minute. And then, you know, you got to you gotta stop and top her off. I mean, in one movie, Alfred tries to get him to take dinner with him, and he says, I'll get drive-through, so why not go to the gas station, too? That reminds me, have you ever seen the movie um, Little Big League? I don't think so. Little Big League, so it's about the Minnesota Twins. The okay. kid's grandpa is the owner of the Twins, and he dies. Billy Haywood, they... So his grandpa dies and leaves him the Twins, and, like, he's 12. And there's like, and he's got to do like manager stuff, like he's doing baseball manager because he he makes himself manager, and he's the yeah. owner of the club. And there's Sounded a scene more familiar. So there's a scene where like he's sitting with his two buddies at McDonald's, and they're like just like shooting the shit. And his one friend goes, 
Do you think Batman ever gets drive through? <laughs> it's like, so these kids are having kind of the same conversation, but that's a good question. If you, you get hungry, you get hungry fighting all that. Yeah, he's tuckered out. He's, he's sleeping. Um, No, anyway. again, uh, Batman Forever. Right after the, the suit up montage at the beginning, he's, he's walking out to the Batmobile and Alfred pops up. Perhaps I could take you to uh, perhaps I could persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir. I'll get drive through. Which we all thought well, they just shot for those McDonald's commercials that were airing left, right, and center, but nope, that shit's in the movie. Yeah. He's let's get drive through. So yeah, apparently Batman in that universe will get drive through and is fine getting you know full service gas fill ups. I wonder. I wonder what kind of gas the Batmobile takes. It's yeah. high, high Super octane. premium. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. thing's probably premium. <laughs> yes, I need to no fill ethanol. Up. I need, I need hundred and twenty gallons of your finest premium gasoline and a Slim Jim. Thank you. Alfred, what's the pin number for the gas card again? <laughs> B-A-T-S. Got it. <laughs> what do you mean it's the anniversary of when my parents died? Why would you make that the pin number? <laughs> <sighs> Why would you say that name? <laughs> I tried Martha, but that's too many letters. <laughs> Alfred, this is brute. A bad man. He <laughs> uh, just you get this you get this vision of him like like this scene where it's just the back of Batman at like a counter, like a gas station counter, and you just hear like a beep, 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 and then like you know, you zoom in like over his shoulder and he just keeps sliding the card. It just keeps saying declined. I know I put money in this account. <laughs> People behind him are getting pissed. Like, come on, buddy. Let's go. I got places to be. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. I got one for you. Okay. It's a little half-baked, but this hit me at work today. So, throughout Star Wars, there seems to be a theme of Jedi not being able to hold on to their lightsabers. Right. So, just off the top of my head. So, Obi-Wan Kenobi loses his first saber uh, twice, actually. Once, when Darth Maul kicks it down the thing the, the pit that he later falls down when they're on Naboo. Presumably he finds that because he has it at the start of episode two. But then in episode two, when it gets captured on Geonosis, he gets to take it away again. And the next time we see it, he's built a new lightsaber. So 
Presumably that one got lost somewhere. Okay, fine. Mace Windu, when he gets knocked out of the window on Coruscant, has his lightsaber in his hand, but we never see Mace or the lightsaber again. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, again, when he dies on the Death Star and you know fades away into nothing, we see the lightsaber sitting on his pile of clothes, and, and Vader comes over and kind of kicks the clothes, and like the running fan theory is that Vader picked it up, so maybe Vader had it, I don't know. Kanan Jarrus, uh, uh, when he dies, you know, defending the ghost, holding back the wave of fire. Uh, we know he didn't have his lightsaber because at the beginning of the next episode, the local governor on Lothal is handed Kanan's lightsaber as proof that he's dead. But what happened to it after that? Yoda loses his during the fight uh, with the uh, the Palpatine uh, in, in uh, Coruscant, in, in the, the, right there in the middle of the Senate floor. Uh, but later in, in twice, twice. The Yoda's lightsaber has popped up again, so I'm not sure which version is supposed to be canon, because in the comics, it shows up and the Emperor had it, which, okay, that, that tracks if he left it in the Senate. But then in Book of Boba Fett, Luke has it. So I don't know what's supposed to be canon there. Um, so anyway, my first question was going to be, and then, of course, there's the infamous Skywalker saber, which Luke loses on Cloud City and then somehow ends up in a chest on Takodana in Maz, Maz Kanata's bar, which we still have no fucking idea how that got there. Uh, remember, that was an interesting story for another time that we haven't circled back around to yet. Uh, but anyway, so my question is, is, is there a black market for just forgotten Jedi stuff? Yes. Misplaced Jedi shit? Is it, oh, yeah. In the Jedi Temple, is there a lost and found board... Yes. Lost one lightsaber, green blade, silver hilt, uh leather grip. If found, please with, return to with like little numbers, like yes. little numbers, like tags, like call this number if you find it. Give me a call on this hollow channel. Like and, and to take that one step further, there's a bin. There's a bin in the Jedi Temple filled with lightsabers, and there's just like Jedi searching it every once in a while, like, God damn it, is it in here or not? And you know, they're looking and they're like, they find one that looks right, and they nope, that's not it, you know, and they just keep searching for it. But yeah, there's definitely a black market for lost Jedi shit. In Andor, we kind of see that in um I forget his name, Stellan Skarsgard's like antique shop. Yes, yeah. he's got artifacts and stuff from like throughout the history of Star Wars. And yeah. in the back room, he's got, like, the good stuff. Like, there's some Sith and Jedi holocrons in the back room and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we never see a flat-out lightsaber, but... Here's another one for you. Okay. Obi-Wan's Jedi Starfighter. Uh-huh. Not his new one that he crashes into General Grievous's ship. The one he lands on Geonosis. It's still uh-huh. sitting there, for all I know. And the hyperspace ring is still orbiting around Geonosis. I mean, he could have taken it when they left Geonosis. Maybe. We never saw how he got off Geonosis. That's fair. But, like, as far as we know, it's just sitting there. You know, it's no, like... No, cause there's, a, there's a great lost scene of after the battle's over and everyone's leaving. Uh, like, hey, Obi-Wan, come on, we'll give you a Like, no, I, I parked way over here. I got it. I, I can't leave. R4 is still there, guys. I got to... Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Yep. Nope. Oh, no, that's not where I parked. Yeah. R4? R4. R4. Honk the horn, R4. I can't see you. 
Are the the headlights on? (laughs) Either that, or it's like, it's like slightly used Jedi Starfighter for cheap, showing up at like some used car lot somewhere. Yeah. Or, Or like Anakin's Jedi Starfighter. Did they ever go get it off of uh, Mustafar? Is it still just parked there? <laughs> Did it I fall mean, into the lock? He went back to build his castle there, so maybe he grabbed his old ship while he was there, too. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at that. It's still parked here? Oh, my God. So many Jack. tickets. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lands on Mustafar. To look for a spot to build the castle. That's not where I park my car. <laughs> Doesn't the Empire know whose starfighter this belongs to? I'm Darth fucking Vader. I'm not paying these tickets. It's okay. I'll get those cleared up. I know a guy. It's okay. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, there's just like people just out there buying fucking Jedi holographic, like, Cell phone things. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, little communicators. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, out and about, calling mom. They're like, "Oh, hi, mom. I need to be picked up from school." You know, and they're like, and there's like kids playing with lightsabers that they just bought, and they're like, <clears throat> "There's like in what is it, Family Guy, Star Wars? Somebody's got the lightsaber hanging as like a butt, like an insect zapper." Oh yeah. yeah. I just said, first of all, I thought about, man, there's a lot of, like, misplaced lightsabers that, as far as we know, were still intact somewhere. Be sure it would be cool to see some of those come back somewhere. But then that led me to the whole, like, okay, so you're just a dude chilling on Coruscant, and all of a sudden, the dead Mace Windu falls out of the sky, <laughs> lands in front of you, presumably to a big squat, you know, and, hey, there's a lightsaber. plot twist it's the death sticks guy (laughs) yes Uh, (laughs) but most importantly uh disney please tell us how the skywalker saber got from cloud city to maz kanata's basement please please man i'm just uh, now i'm thinking of like all these abandoned ships and like equipment all over the Star Wars universe. And I wasn't counting like half destroyed lightsabers. Like, because Ezra loses his first lightsaber on um... crap. The planet that's name I can't think of. The Sith Jedi, Sith Temple planet where they were to fight Maul and stuff. But, but, Omicron, he... Percy I8. Yeah, sure. Uh, but he leaves it there because Vader kind of breaks it. So, but presumably there's, there's a half functioning, you know. Because the next time we see him in season three, he's got a whole new lightsaber and a whole new kyber crystal. So, I didn't, I didn't count stuff like that. I was just like, yeah, it was intact last time we saw it. Or is like, so like, did somebody like go to, and maybe we'll get this eventually in like The Mandalorian if they make another season. But did somebody just have like a giant fire sale of like, you know, Mando armor? They're just like, hey. They just show up on Mandalore and they just start salvaging all this armor and stuff from the the siege. <laughs> Maybe we'll still get that. I don't know. You know what? I do want to say what? one thing. That this topic, that this part of it 
made me think of something that I I was not a fan of the book of Boba Fett. Okay. Like the show. I I think same say most people weren't. It was not great. Boba Fett is not a main character. He's a side character. And you should leave him as a side character. However, it was really cool that Slave One was still parked at Jabba's palace. <laughs> and like he's like, I need to get my ship. And like he went and picked it up. So that But I lost my valet ticket. This is gonna be complicated. Oh, uh, where's where's my ticket? Son of I think I left it in the Sarlacc pit. Damn it. <laughs> Love it. Well, there you go. Those are our shower thoughts when it comes to movies. Do you have any you want to see us mull over? Or do you have answers to some of the burning ones we had? Do you know where babies come from in the Matrix? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> when a mommy robot and a daddy robot love each other very much. I don't think that's how you get human babies, Jay. <laughs> it's the mechanical birds and bees. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that's our show. Thank you very much for listening. Um, let us know again. Do you have answers to our questions? Do you have questions you want to see us answer? Hit us up. We'll do another, uh, shower thoughts, lost deep movie thoughts of Jack Handy edition of the show. Uh, <laughs> until next time, this has been your weekly nerd alert. This is not where I parked my starship.